The following podcast contains spoilers and pretty naughty language. We watch We watch Hello everybody and welcome to We Watched a Thing. This week I'm a little bit late on this one because I got the man flu and I'm very thankful to my great guest Rob from the Stew World Order podcast who was very accommodating with letting me shift this around more than once. <laughs> but it's great to finally be here with you. How you doing, mate? I'm doing very well. It's been it's been a week this way out this way. Work was busy, but you know, you you get through everything. It's fine. How are you doing? I'm not bad. I'm finally I'm over my flu, which is good. So, and uh and I was <laughs> very very excited to see this film. So, um I was not. You were not? <laughs> yeah. I was not at all excited to see it. I believe didn't we discuss something we had both rewatched Top Gun recently? I'm sure we'll get more into it as we go here, but uh, a couple days before we went to see Top Gun Maverick, my wife and I rewatched Top Gun, and by about 20 minutes into that movie, we looked at each other and we were like, what is this? Who decided this was an 80s classic? This movie's abominable. I feel the same way. I had never seen it before. I had never seen it. And it was always one of those films that I knew that I was supposed to have seen. You know, there, there are just oh, those yeah. movies that, and you know enough about them that you didn't feel like you had to watch them. And most of the times if someone said, have you seen this? You just go, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but so I finally decided, okay, I should watch this before seeing the sequel. It is a really, really, really bad movie. I found almost nothing it to is. enjoy about Top Gun. <laughs> no, there's there's no plot to it whatsoever. It's no, just right. people in pilot school. And honestly, yeah. the, the entire pilot school part of the movie you could take out because it starts yep. off with Tom Cruise on an aircraft carrier fighting pigs. And then they send him to Top Gun school for an hour yeah. and a half. And he comes <laughs> back from Top Gun school not having become the Top Gun, but he's back on that same aircraft carrier with the guy who became Top Gun. And yeah. then they fought Migs again. And it's just like, why? <laughs> why did we need the entire middle section of this movie? I know. I thought the same thing. My first thought was this was this is like if you took Fast and Furious and had a whole movie where you sent Dom to defensive driving class instead <laughs> of actually doing anything. Because that's what Top Gun is to me it's just so bizarre to to start with like you say an actual pilot and then oh no no, no. it's like the billy madison of the navy like, <laughs> yeah just, like there's no story because we'll get into maverick obviously but there's a story they're in school yes. for a reason there's yeah. a mission at hand that we're getting ready for in top gun it's just like ah, oh, we're gonna go see who's the top gun we're gonna, <laughs> honestly like Top Gun would definitely be a drinking game for take a shot every time somebody says Top Gun or you see oh. some piece of apparel that says Top Gun yes. on the screen and you'll be dead. You'll be dead <laughs> by the end of the movie. Well, I'm glad we had this little precursor chat. Let's get into Maverick proper then. So Top Gun Maverick is a 2022 American action drama film directed by Joseph Kaczynski and written by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer and Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, it serves, of course, as a sequel to Top Gun and it stars Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Ed Harris, and Val Kilmer. And what is it about, Rob? It is about the return of Maverick some 30 years after the original movie. He is a captain in the Navy, and it's a big deal that he's never been promoted above captain. He's still, you know, out there taking risks and doing stupid things and, and basically just doing the things he, he wants to do. He's not yeah. going to let the man in the military tell him what to do. And 
after ruffling some feathers with this secret jet project where they were getting a jet that a pilot could take to Mach 10, he gets told he has to go back to Top Gun school to teach a new class of upcoming, you know, the best pilots in the universe. But yeah. this time, it's not just for shits and giggles. There's actually a reason he's back there. There is yeah. there is an end in sight to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this movie actually has a narrative, which the first one is missing. <laughs> So, yeah, you said that you weren't excited for this one. I, I was, but kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. I actually like to be a bit of a contrarian sometimes. And people had been raving about this film. There's been talk of Tom Cruise being nominated for an Oscar. And I was like, no. Oh, wow. So, I, I was really looking forward to kind of trash talking this a little. <laughs> but I have to yeah, say. That makes sense. That makes I have sense. to say. I I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. This is a very enjoyable film. Yeah, this is it completely surprised me after watching the first Top Gun. Like I said, I I went into it just expecting like, man, please don't suck. That's yeah, all. Yeah. Uh, Billy asked me to be on his show. He gave me a list of three movies and Top Gun was the least of three. Evils. <laughs> so I was just like, just don't suck movie. That's all I want. And I came out of it. And as of right now, it is my number two movie of the year. Yeah, wow. I wow, don't know if I see anything this year unseating everything everywhere all at once. Oh, but this yeah. is. This is number two for me. It was just amazing. It's one of those action movies where I didn't even realize I was sitting there white knuckling my recliner in the movie theater. Like, it's so intense. It it really, really is, which is something that the first film lacks entirely. This is, it it is a tense outing almost from start to finish. Like, I actually found myself really caring about the characters. And because there's a clear mission from the beginning, not just in the final five minutes for no reason whatsoever, you, you kind of, you feel the tension with them and you're hoping that that they figure it out and everything it is it's a really strong narrative this film yeah instead of being a bunch of 20 somethings who are the the hottest shit on the world all just being like well i'm the best well i'm the best yeah this one gives you tom cruise as a character who cares about these kids and he knows that there's a high probability they might die doing what the military asks of them and the, it's very palpable how much he wants to save them, how much he wants to protect them. One in particular, uh, Rooster, played by Miles yeah. Teller, there's a whole story there dating back to Top Gun, but you actually care about what's going on. It's not just like, oh, man, who's going to have the best big, big dick swinging energy here? It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, is he going to be able to save these poor kids from this essentially a suicide mission? Yeah, yeah, which does raise the question for me, and this is the one part of the film that I'm like, Really, I kind of don't get it. Why isn't he just doing the mission from the start? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, it doesn't it, make sense to me. <laughs> it 100% seems like a forced plot point in this movie where, oh, you're not going to fly the mission. You're just going to tell them how to do the mission. Yeah. And then whenever you get to mission time, they're just like, okay, yeah, you have to do it. it <laughs> yeah. You could have just done that from the start. Uh, yeah. You didn't need that plot narrative in there, but I will, I will see your plot narrative on that point and raise you the entire unnecessary Jennifer Connelly love story. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> How much better would this movie have been if just no knock on Jennifer Connelly? She's a great actress. She's been Love in some it. great yeah. movies. How much better would this movie have been if they just deleted every scene she was in? <laughs> infinitely infinitely better like there's just no need for it i i was actually trying to work out and i'd only watched top gun like two nights before this i was still in my head trying to work out if she's supposed to be a character from the first one (laughs) because it's it's clear that they know each other they have a history that's fine but just 
in my head, I was like, okay, is this recast from the first one? No, because it's a completely different character. But uh, there's just no need for it to be there at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they wrote a screenplay and then the Hollywood producer, the executive yeah. came up and put a gun to their head and was like, our big budget movie needs a love story. Yeah. Put it in there. And the screenwriter's like, but it's not going to work. And he said, I don't care. Put it in anyway. And so you just kind of, you bloat this movie out to two hours and what, 15 minutes. Yeah. And you yeah. could have gotten this movie under two hours if you had just removed all that. There's one funny scene where Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise sleep together and her daughter comes home. So she kicks him out the window yeah. and he looks up and the daughter's there just staring at him. And I think everybody in the theater kind of laughed at that scene, but yeah, we didn't need it that much. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't, I don't feel that this film is too long necessarily. But I feel like it would definitely play stronger if you cut that storyline out. This could easily be a sub two hour film and it would just feel all the more tense because every time you cut away from, you know, the the training and everything to that bizarre love story, it does just kill the tension in the room. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, not that I was married to Top Gun by any stretch, but Top Gun builds up all this stuff with Tom Cruise and his teacher in that weird storyline where I'm like, I don't think the military would allow this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But her character's not even mentioned. I the know. Kelly McGillis yeah. character's not even referred to in this movie. So you spend the entirety of Top Gun building that up and then it for nothing. Yeah. You don't even know what happened to her. <laughs> exactly. It it is bizarre because you know, I mean, obviously, yes, it's been whatever it is. Th- 38 years or something, nearly 40 years or whatever since the first Top Gun. So, yeah, things change. Look, he might not still be thinking about her at all. Like, I get that. People move on and stuff. But the whole point of this movie in some ways is how formative Top Gun Top Gun was to the rest of his life. And it's about aging and going back and all this stuff. So, yeah, to not even reference her character at all is a really strange play. <laughs> Yeah, it would be like having this movie without Iceman. And for yeah. as terrible of condition as poor Val Kilmer is in these days, they still found a way to yeah. get him into this movie. But how how do you not bring that character? You don't even have to bring her back. Just tell me something like, oh, you know, it's I've had a hard time ever since my teacher lover lady died in that <laughs> yeah. motorcycle accident. I don't know. Just lip service. Lip service me up a plot here that makes it feel like I watched the first movie for a reason. Yeah, I agree. Well, let, let's get into the acting then. Um, um, as I said, I've heard some really crazy talk. People going on about how brilliant Tom Cruise is in this film. Look, I think he's I think he's good. Are you a fan of Cruise in general? It's weird. When I like a Tom Cruise movie, I love a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. I think of like Collateral comes right to mind. I yeah, loved yeah. Collateral whenever that came out. I think that was fantastic. But oddly, I've only seen one of the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, I keep I'm not meaning- a fan of them. Yeah, I've only seen yeah, my- Fallout and I just didn't like it when the rest of the world raved about it. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to my wife about how I hadn't seen them, and she's like, they're all stupid. They're all just like an hour-long car chase. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, well, people say good things. I keep feeling like I need to watch them, but I get crap on this. I watched Minority Report earlier this year for the first time. First time I yeah. ever saw Minority Report. That movie is comically bad, and I don't yeah, understand right. how people like it, but... <laughs> But then, like, yeah, I'll see something like this, and I think he's a great actor. It's just not every role he takes is for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I Like, 
I feel almost exactly the same way. I think when he does great work, he does really great work. Um, and I think that this is one of those performances. I do think that he's very, very good in this film. I don't think it's Oscar worthy, especially as no. you said, you know, the number one film of the year for me absolutely is everything everywhere all at once. And unfortunately, I don't even think those performances are going to be nominated, even though I think they're incredible. Um, yeah, I think it got released at a point in year where by the time the Oscars happen, exactly. we be like, ah, we don't want to think about that's, this that's the anymore. real shame. I mean, we can hope that maybe because it was a, a smallish release, maybe it'll come back throughout the year. Like from memory, the year Parasite came out, I think that was first released around June or so, and that still kind of had a bit of play. Oh, okay. So I guess we'll see what happens. But but I, I mean, yeah, I think he's he's good in this film. Um, do you think that he's the best performance? You know what? Honestly, I really like this movie. I don't know that there was a bad performance. I don't know that I really watched this movie for the performances, though. That's why the whole, like, is he going to win an Oscar? I'm like, for this, the, the acting in this movie was planes going pew-pew at each other. Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. I was invested in in this movie. It's, I mean, he did fine. I don't know if I would necessarily say he or Teller was the, the bigger performance. I thought they did great. I thought they had really good chemistry between the two of them where, like, yeah. boy, you really felt like Miles Teller's character was just going to deck him at some point. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly too young, though, right? Like, given that this, like, Miles Teller's character should surely be mid 40s. <laughs> yeah, they mentioned that at one point, and, and I was trying to think about, like, how old this character would be, and I was just thinking, like, I don't know how old Miles Teller is. I guess with yeah. that weird mustache they threw on him, you could pass him for any age, but it felt like, boy, he should be, like, 10 years older than these other characters yeah. in this Top Gun school. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess they threw some stuff in there like, oh, Tom Cruise pulled my papers and it set my career back five years. So they found ways to throw in like, yeah, he's older than everyone else here without actually saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to what everyone is there for, which is the action. As you say, you're not there for the the performances. Like, I don't even think that most people going into this film are there for the story. I think it was just a nice surprise that it was actually good. <laughs> um, but let's get into the action scenes, which are no offense to Tony Scott, this movie looks infinitely better than the first Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, the first Top Gun feels like a commercial for the Navy. Like, it's just like, look at these planes, look at these planes turning in the air, look at these great shots we have of fighter jets, and... I'm sh I don't want to like sound like a young punk or anything. I'm sure at the time of Top Gun, the 41 year old says, I'm sure at the time of Top Gun, that looked great. And that was a good reason to go see the movie. But in yeah. 2022, that's not going to that's not going to fly. Like we've already seen airplanes go. We need a better story <laughs> yeah. than this. So, yeah, this looks a lot better. It's not just completely concerned with like, oh, look at these awesome action shots we took of actual fighter jets. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually really surprised. Like I said, I'd never seen Top Gun, but the reviews I'd read, people were praising, like, the action sequences and stuff. And I watch that movie now and I go, what action sequences? Like, th <laughs> yeah. this movie this movie needs to cut out, like, 20 minutes of love story. Top Gun needs to cut out, like, an hour and a half of love story because it's, <laughs> it's just a really boring film. But yeah, Top this Gun, just leave the love story and take out everything else about yeah, the school. Exactly, yeah. But this, I mean, yeah, right from that opening sequence where he's, you know, getting up to Mach 10. And, I mean, even without needing to have seen the original, that sequence alone tells you everything you need to know about Maverick's character, which is a really, really great piece of, of storytelling to start the film like that. 
And on top of that, it just looks damn cool. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a and plane guy. I'm not an action movie guy. I'm not like, I couldn't tell you, oh, yeah, that's an F-18 or whatever, but <laughs> it just looks yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, I mean, that is the epitome of showing and not telling in a movie because you yeah. get him, you see how much he cares about the other people in this program where yep. at the risk of his own career, he's basically going to hijack this plane and prove that they can do what they've been seeking out to do. So you have that aspect. And yet you also have the guy who tell him like, all you have to do is hit 10. That's all you have to do. And then yeah. you're done. Don't try to go higher than that. But Tom Cruise hits 10 and then pushes it to <laughs> yeah. 10.3 and the plane explodes. <laughs> so you also get the reckless side of his, his yeah. uh, character. So in that, what, 10, 15 minute intro, it's everything you need to know about Maverick, whether you've seen Top Gun or not. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually, I kind of wish that I hadn't watched Top Gun now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it added nothing to my life of value. Well, my go-to with movies like this kind of legacy sequels is to watch them. If I haven't seen the original, I actually like to go in blind and see how they hold up as a movie. The only reason I didn't this time is because I had planned to do a bonus episode on Top Gun, which unfortunately due to scheduling got pushed aside. But yeah, I kind of wish I hadn't because I I have a feeling this movie would hold up very, very well without having seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I will say, and we obviously have the same opinion of Top Gun, I may like this movie even more comparing it to Top Gun. This was a really good movie. I had a great time, but I remember coming out of the theater and my wife and I just going, that was so much better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's nice to have that measuring stick that you can compare a really good movie to and make it feel like, oh, this is a truly great movie. Yeah, yeah. But so back to the action sequences, I I thought the visual effects and everything in this film were great. I don't know, because obviously this film was supposed to come out two years ago. And they held off due to the pandemic. I don't know if they used that time to play with the movie at all or if it literally just sat on a shelf. But, I mean, looking at the box office, it was a damn smart move. When you compare this to Tenant, and they were both to both supposed to release the same time, that one obviously pushed through this weighted. I mean, this was definitely the smarter play. Yeah, it's been interesting in the COVID world to see how a lot of the movies that have gotten pushed back, how they've actually compared. And I was scared for Top Gun because New Mutants was pushed back. And when they finally released it, oh, this is not a good movie. Yes. Morbius was pushed back. And I had to see trailers for Morbius for the last 12 years of my life every time I went to the movies. (laughs) And when it came out, I didn't see Morbius, but I understand it's a very bad movie. (laughs) It seems like a lot of the movies that kept getting delayed by the time they came out it was just like oh well why did we wait for this so yeah. top gun was a very pleasant surprise yeah same uh, i i had the exact same thought i was really expecting that it had been pushed back for other reasons so like i don't know whether they continued to work on it in those two years but the visual effects are top notch they're honestly they're, they're some of the best looking effects i've seen so far this year yeah the the movie looks tremendous i will say to the the action aspect of this movie in the third act, this movie entirely builds this story of there's this suicide mission. Can they do it? Yeah. It it seems like it's an impossible ask to go fly this low, fly this fast, go up a Canyon, hit a very small target and then take like 10 G's going straight up out of the Canyon. Yeah. And so you spend the entire movie building up to this MacGuffin. Can they do it? And then you get to the third act and it's essentially like, Oh yeah, they can. Yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't mind that because the scene was still great. The canyon scene and them hitting the target. It was great. It was fantastic. And then 
we kind of seem like we're going to hit a lull because they get out of the canyon. Tom Cruise gets shot down. There's some fighting about like, oh, we have to go back and get him. We have to not. And in my head, I was thinking like, did we need this? We built uh, yeah. to the scene. They did the scene. That should be the movie. But then to the movie's credit, it kind of hits a small lull for a little bit. And then you get Miles Teller's character and Tom Cruise hijack a really old airplane and their really old F-14 has to fight off like super yeah. advanced enemy planes. And that brings another fantastic action sequence. So by the time it was said and done, I was happy they did that. You know, it, it seemed like, okay, you're going on a bit too long. Yeah. But the payoff for it was all really good. I... I agree to some extent. I agree that the action sequences that followed were were, were really top notch. However, I yeah, narratively, I actually didn't love that move. It did feel a little bit like the end of Return of the King to me, where it just you know like you've had the ending and then it continues and it continues. And yeah. I get, I, I get the reason behind it. Like you said, the mission at the end of the day was accomplished too easily, so there had to be yeah. some kind of extra complication there. But the problem for me is that that felt like a tack on at the end of the mission. And I get that it's a bit hard to have something go wrong during the mission because they've got two minutes, 20 seconds or whatever it is to do it. So if something goes wrong, they all die. They made that clear from the start. So I get why they did what they did, but it does feel like a tack on to me. It doesn't feel like a natural part of the film. And it did kind of take me out. Like I spent a good 10 minutes sitting there going, wow, why is this happening and how long is this going to go on for before- Like, we know that they're going to get back to the boat. Like, yeah. this movie's not about to kill these two characters off. <laughs> it feels like a lot of times you'll watch a movie like this and the entire storyline is we have to get to this point to stop this thing from happening. Yeah. And it's all about how you're going to get to this point. And then what movies typically do is get you to that point and the heroes fail. The hero yeah. stops, you know, they're supposed to stop something from happening. They're supposed to, for example, let's stop Thanos from getting the gems. Yeah, yeah. But then he does. And so it becomes how do the heroes now overcome even greater odds? Yeah. Whereas this movie sets them up against big odds and then just has them beat them and then just throws another action scene in any way. <laughs> like, why yeah, not? We're exactly. Just, we're yeah. just going to keep going because we're not bored making this movie yet. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> you would think in this movie they would fail to hit the target or something like the last missile wouldn't go into the bunker. So they would have have to scramble to kind of ad lib and save the day. Exactly. That's not what really happens. The mission completely works. They just kind of throw in more wrenches at the end that weren't supposed to be there. And like yeah. I said, I narratively, I don't know that I love that, but with the Miles Teller and Ta uh, Tom Cruise versus the super mega awesome evil jets, it yeah. paid off for me. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a great action sequence and there is a lot of tension there. The fact that, you know, like, they don't have the same weapons they're like i love that again i know nothing about planes i don't know if this is realistic or not i love the use of those flares to kind of yes, like destroy yeah. the 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 I don't know what are that torpedoes or something that are coming at them. I don't, I don't, I don't know <laughs> I weapons. They, I don't were, know planes. <laughs> they were heat-seeking missiles. I heat don't know. They had the lock on. I don't know how missiles work either. Yeah, <laughs> no. but I mean, it was it was a great visual and just tension. You know that those flares, and then when they ran out of them, and they're just. I mean, it's it's a great sequence. <laughs> I do appreciate that. There's this old 30-year-old airplane that the bad guys are keeping locked up in a bunker. But don't worry, it's completely fueled <laughs> yes. and it's full of ammo and yeah. all of its missiles are there and the flares are there. Like, there are old people around here that have, like, old cars on their lot. And I'm here to tell you, if you went and tried to start one of those cars, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
But the, I also, I get a kick out of this. My wife and I were talking about this in Top Gun movies, how they are, I don't want to say politically correct, but they refuse to name the enemy. I actually found that really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in the first one, you get one line of like the other side and that's all they say. Yeah. And in this movie, they don't name who the bad guys are at all. They're just like, oh, the enemy has a highly advanced plane now, but whoever the enemy is, they are taking very good care of our 30 year old (laughs) planes and their, their bunkers. Yeah. I found that really interesting because you're so used to action movies being like, oh, it's the Russians or, you know, yeah, like, like it was just really interesting to leave it completely nameless. The one thing it did for me is I, I, I got to be honest, maybe I'm dumb. Look, I'm probably dumb. I'm a pretty dumb guy. <laughs> I didn't fully understand the reasoning of the mission. <laughs> like I knew that they had to blow something up that belonged to the bad guys, but because they didn't name the bad guys, we didn't know why they were bad. We didn't know what they were doing. And I get that that's in some ways superfluous. But it's it's a little bit of motivation that I think would have helped me feel even more compassion for the characters to actually feel like I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Because I'm not a guy who has a lot of love for the military or the US government or like, and I'm not saying I'm distrustworthy, but, you yeah. know, I would have liked to understand that motivation a little bit better. I wonder if... I mean, A, they obviously don't want to offend any other markets, and now you can release yeah. this all over the world, and nobody's going to be like, oh, why are we portrayed as the bad guys? But I wonder if there's also kind of a timeless quality to this. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can release this now, or 10 years from now, or 30 years from now, and it's still going to be like, oh, bad guys are are trying to uh, obtain uranium. Uranium's a scary word. We can't let them do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, actually. I had the same thought, and I actually think, in some ways, that's why it's an okay move, casting. Miles Teller because if you look at this film in a vacuum and ignore that it's being released in 2022 I actually don't think that they mention the year in the film at all I feel like you could actually just watch this movie and pretend that it's maybe 20 years after Top Gun or I don't think it really matters to be honest yeah yeah I think there's just a quality to this that yeah it's it's of its own time it exists in the Top Gun timeline where they're at war with whoever they're at war with at the moment it's fine don't think about it people (laughs) yeah one thing I did like about the film again which I was not expecting to was the score um I was not a fan of the score for the original Top Gun I didn't like the (laughs) use of its soundtrack and obviously you see the trailer for this film you didn't like the the (laughs) seven or eight times they played Danger Zone sometimes it was just an instrumental Danger Zone but other (laughs) times it was the full Danger Zone (laughs) (laughs) and then there's literally like a song and dance number in a bar at one point (laughs) oh god yeah um but I actually, you know, because you see the trailer for this film and it's that dun, 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 and it's, oh, that's cheesy. But I actually found <laughs> it really worked in the film proper. I actually really enjoyed the score for this film. <laughs> yeah, the the music is a lot more brilliantly executed this movie than Top Gun. I remember we were sitting in the seats, we were waiting for the movie to start, and my wife turned to me and said, how many times are they going to play Danger Zone in this movie? She said, I think they'll play it once. And I... I ended up being completely wrong. I will own up to that. I looked at her and said, like, they're either not going to play it at all. Yeah. Or they're going to play it half a dozen times again, like the first movie. <laughs> and, you know, to Maverick's credit, they play it once right at the beginning. Whenever you get the opening montage to this movie, which is the exact same opening montage to the first Top Gun. Yeah. 
Actually, it's just all the people on the flight deck, like, pointing and loading up their airplanes. It's like, I've seen this. I saw this three days ago in the first Top Gun. Yeah. Actually, that's one thing I meant to mention that I did not like. Um, So, the film starts with the exact same title card that the original film starts with. But grammatically, it doesn't make sense because the title card ends with, you know, the pilots call it. And then we get the title card that says Top Gun Maverick. And it's like, no, they don't. They call it Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> like, Maverick, is a, Maverick is a subtitle here. This should be, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why are you starting with that with that title card? <laughs> uh, they they call their movie what they, I mean, I don't know. Maverick's the character. It's just, they're, they're letting you know who you're here for this time. Yeah. If they make a sequel, it'll be Top Gun Rooster. <laughs> yeah. Boy, they did not give him a great name for carrying a sequel, Rooster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, I did like the one guy was just named Bob. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that too, actually. <laughs> I do think the the side characters were more fleshed out and enjoyable in this one than they were in Top Gun. Because in Top Gun, you had Maverick, Goose, and Iceman. And yeah. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about any of the other characters. And in this one, Phoenix was fun. Bob was fun. Hangman had character flaws that you yeah, you knew from word one what Hangman was going to do at the end. Yeah, but it yeah. completely paid off because his character was so smarmy the whole time that it was really an earned character turn for him at the end. Yeah. And uh, Fanboy, I mean, I remember these characters a lot more vividly than I remember anybody from Top Gun except for the main three. Yeah, same. I think most of them are more fleshed out. I still think that some of them, like you just mentioned Fanboy, I remember when he got picked for the actual mission along with his partner, whose name I don't remember, they were the two that I was like, oh, they're doing the mission. That's interesting. I don't feel like we even know who they are. <laughs> yeah. They had names. That was it. They had yeah. names. But yeah, I mean, you get into, yeah, Fanboy or uh, uh, Phoenix and Bob and, and Hangman yeah. were really enjoyable and obviously yeah, Rooster as the main character of that class. So yeah, I mean, the, the roster was padded out a bit and you could tell, like I said, Fanboy was a bit of a surprise, but you could tell early on, like, all right, there's a solid 10 characters Definitely. sitting in this classroom yeah. that aren't going to be on the mission at the end. We don't need yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. They're just here for the other characters to beat out to be in the mission. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So all in all, how are you scoring Top Gun colon Maverick? Uh, I gave it a four out of five on letter or four out of five on Letterboxd. I yep. really enjoyed it. I think the Jennifer Connelly thing just seemed really distracting to me. It honestly is a movie I think if I watch it again it will go up I tend to kind of like to undershoot it first just in case I'm <laughs> wrong but oftentimes yep. on second viewings of movies it'll go up I I genuinely think like this is one of the best action movies of the last several years if not all time like yeah, I was yep. really honest to God white knuckling in the theater and just so invested in the mission scenes and everything I I was surprised how much I enjoyed this. So I imagine on a second viewing, it'll go up to like a solid four and a half out of five. It's a great action movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's like an eight out of 10. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think this is probably one of the strongest action movies I've seen. I'm, I'm not a fan of what I like to call like the gritty action, you know, like I don't love John Wick. I need a good sense of fun to my action films. And this, it did. It took me back to, you know, like The Rock and Con Air and, you know, like back when action movies were were really fun. Even, honestly, this has more Fast and Furious to it than it does about, you know, like- Yes. It's, it's even when things are dark and like, I think the 
the scope of the mission and the stakes of the mission were really good and really clear. It wasn't like a ending the world kind of thing, um, which always ruins a lot of movies for me. But yeah, I'm a seven yeah. out of ten. I had a really good time with this movie. It's hard to say if it would go up or down on a rewatch for me because I do kind of feel like maybe maybe I enjoyed it more because I had just watched Top Gun and disliked that so much that my expectations <laughs> that is what weren't I said. that yeah, high. That's yeah. True. So, but yeah, at the moment I'm a seven out of 10. It was super enjoyable. And I, I would recommend it even if you haven't seen Top Gun. I think that might even be a better yeah, maybe experience. Maybe especially if you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Can you tell everybody about Stew World Order, not just the podcast, but your site and blog and everything that you do and where they can find you? Absolutely. So I have the Stu World Order podcast. We review random comic book movies with our guests who, oh, gee, I wonder if somebody else on the show will be on my show soon. <laughs> uh, well, not soon. I record very far in advance, but Billy will be on an ep upcoming episode. Uh, we also have the website. Yes, SWOproductions.com. We have new articles every single weekday. I have a couple people that write with me starting this month, maybe next month. We're going to start doing some more fiction kind of stuff on the website. I'm going to throw that at the wall and see how that works. So come in for that. We've got some stuff going on there. And I, I'm really proud of the website. Uh, I actually started off as a website and then I started the podcast yeah. when a lot of people wanted me to. But I really enjoy what I do. So check it out. Uh, yeah, nice. SWOproductions.com. Definitely check it out. There's some awesome stuff there. The podcast is great, too. I love the, you know, the, the idea of the guest kind of picks the movie, but not really like, <laughs> so there's an element like of fun blind there bag picking. Exactly. So it's like, you never know what you're going to be talking about and, and how much you or the guest might enjoy it. So yeah, it's made for some fun episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me later this week. I'll be joined by DT from space castle to talk about Terminator two judgment day. Uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then next week, of course, John from The Pint is going to join me to talk Jurassic World Dominion, which I am cautiously looking forward to expecting it to be terrible. <laughs> I have only ever seen the first Jurassic Park. And oh, I've never moved on in that franchise that, from there. Well, so. that's that's the best way to do it, because that movie that's is... what I understand. It's in my top 10 films of all time, and the rest are trash <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah i don't i don't have high hopes but for some reason because i'm just in love i'm, st I'm still just can't wait for it <laughs> well good luck with that <laughs> all right in the meantime if you want to get in touch with me you can do that at we or we watch thing at gmail.com you can find me on facebook instagram and twitter all under the handle at we watch the thing if you want to help support the show you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we watch the thing and i'll catch you next week <laughs>